0: Women Taking the Lead, episode 247.
1: So think about it. We're only focusing on the 10% and we're wondering what's going wrong. But it's not because we're not intelligent. We're definitely intelligent. It's because we don't know what we don't know, right? And it's not talked about. And when we, especially in this country, in the United States, personal financial education, it's really not there, right? It's not, we're not taught, it's not taught in schools. So I feel we're behind the curve. And what we're teaching is, in the sense that it's missing a whole other component, right? So the mindset and some other actions.
0: Hello, my name is Jody Flynn, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to WomenTakingTheLead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me. I have with me Jen Hempel, who is a military spouse and proud bilingual Latina, and she helps women who are tired of the traditional money advice to gain a new, a renewed sense of control, confidence, and freedom in their financial life. She is a money confidence coach, an accredited financial counselor, and host of the Her Money Matters podcast. Her first book, Her money matters the missing truths from traditional money advice helps to fill the missing gaps for when you are financially stuck. And for those of you who have not been listening for a while, Jen was also on Women Taking the Lead before. You can find her in episode 158. And she also recently did a call for the Tolerations Detox Challenge community because what we discovered as we were dealing with our financial toleration, is that money talking about money dealing with money made a lot of people feel ill (laughs) (laughs) there was a lot of negative emotion and aversion that went into personal finances I mean we're in tax season right now as we're recording and releasing this episode so you can only imagine how you know think about how you feel when you have to do anything related to your taxes that's pretty much what came up and so Jen came on so obviously I am a huge fan (laughs) of Jen's. I'm so happy that you are here, Jen. But for those of you, for those who are just meeting you, tell us a little bit more what's going on in your life and about your book.
1: Well, first of all, thanks again for having me again. And it's always so much fun talking to you, Jody, because I'm always inspired by everything you do, by the way, because you're a complete rock star. But as far as me, uh, literally you pretty much covered it all. I've, um, just the most recent thing is the book, which I'm super pumped about. I have just been overwhelmed in a good way with all the support that has been like, literally has just boggled my mind. Like it's amazing uh, how much support I've got garnished. I don't know if garnished is the right word (laughs) around this book, but, um, Because honestly, before this book and and the way the person that I am, I'm one that is afraid to ask for help because I'm this independent person and I feel like I have to do everything on my own. So just the asking of help for the launch team and Mm. and can you help me and promote this book? That was a hard step for me. Uh, But how people came out and just supported me is just so, so, so humbling. Mm hmm.
0: That I love that because I'm all for telling everyone who will listen, like set a big goal and then tell everybody about it, because that's when you start getting support. Right. Yes. That's when people are like, oh, can I help you? Or, hey, have you talked to this person? Or you should get, uh, you know, you should get in contact with this organization or there's a resource on that. Like we have to be talking about our goals. Yes. Like don't keep them hidden because, you know, people don't people want to help so bad. Where why? to help other people, but if we don't know what other people need from us, we there's nothing we can offer.
1: Exactly. So and that's something that I've been overcoming over the years, and especially in building the business. It's like, yes, I can do a lot of things, but I can't do everything. And I need to be asking for help. And fortunately, I've, I've gotten over that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> The,
0: I think there's always layers, Jen, the good news is is you're aware of it and you're working on it. So the book is the new big thing. So I'm always, always curious about this because I know there was a story behind my book, you know, that it was the compulsion, Mm -hmm. the need, what I was seeing out in the world and wanting to help as many people as possible. Tell, tell us what your story was behind your writing your book.
1: Well, it, This is crazy because when this book, when the opportunity to write this book came to light, I had it wasn't in my uh, bucket list, if you will. I had no intention to write a book at that time point in time. Uh, just because I think it's that perfectionism in me, that fear. If I write something, it needs to be perfect. And if I, if I don't, if it's not perfect, how can I put it out there? So uh, writing a book wasn't on my, on my bucket list. But when this, uh, publisher approached me and, uh, and asked me, Hey, would you like to write a book? I really, he was impressed by me out my website things that I, the content that I put out there. And I sat down and thought about it. I'm like, this is not on my bucket list. And I'm like, no, because my first reaction, no, I can't do this. Right. Because I was fearful and the perfect, the perfect perfectionism in me. And then I realized this. How humbling and how what a great opportunity it was. I had to shift my thinking around, is as to what a great opportunity, and this doesn't happen often for a publisher to come to you and say, Hey, will you write a book for us? Mm -hmm. Right, right. And so that like shifted my perspective. Um, and I decided, Let's just do this because the opportunity. And it really, I'm glad I took it, even though working with that publisher actually didn't work out. I actually went through the self-publishing route in the end. But what it did is one, it gave me a deadline. And two, in the process of writing the book, I got so much clarity, not just as to who I am and what I do and why I do what I do, but actually putting it all together. Because Granted, in coaching my clients, I have a process, right? But that process evolves over time. And sometimes as it evolves, I work on some things that have worked with a client. Maybe I'll apply to another client. And sometimes I forget because it's not necessarily put together in that same process Mm -hmm. as it evolves. So in this book, it has allowed me to gain clarity as to why I feel I think the way I do around money, my journey uh, and really being able to put it together was big because one of the things in my book, what I really cover is not how to budget, how to save, how to invest, because there's a lot of resources and books out there for that. And I'm not about reinventing the wheel. I wanted to cover uh what the purpose of my book is to cover what's missing and what's really missing is not that traditional money advice which is saving more uh spending less and getting out of debt but it's more around why are we getting stuck because I was found myself in that situation 10 years into our marriage where I was doing all the things that the traditional money advice told me to do that all the financial experts told me to do but yet looking at our bank accounts and seeing that there was, there was a slight change, but the needle hadn't moved. We weren't in a bad financial situation, but we were still in debt. We were, we had been dipping into a retirement. Our emergency funds continued to get depleted. So we weren't progressing. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, that's what started the journey and figuring out what in the world was I doing wrong? And that and over the years and over my journey and my growth as a person, I was able to figure out what was missing. And that's why when the opportunity to write the book, it just gave me one, again, the clarity as to why I do what I do and how I do it, but being able to give, being, having the opportunity to put into writing what I have found that people need, especially when they're finding themselves stuck.
0: Jen. Oh my gosh. So much, so much good stuff here to talk about. So, (laughs) okay. So, First, I just love how you shared that when the thought of writing a book was about you and how it was going to make you look and you feel and the perfectionism and how you were going to appear to other people, it was a no, like this is not going to happen, right? And this often Mm -hmm. happens too. When it's about us, we get very intimidated. The moment you shifted your thinking to, well, what opportunity could this provide? Right.
1: You know? And who can I help?
0: Who can Mm -hmm. I help? Right. Mm -hmm. How, like, this book is now a platform to help other people. Now, the great thing was, too, it combined both because in the, formulating how you were going to help other people, you also got more clear on yourself and what you do provide and how you help people in your own money story. Like just the working through the book actually made your coaching process stronger. But if it had stayed about, you know, well, I can't do it perfectly or it's not going to be that good or somebody's already done it, you would have never gotten all the benefits of just putting yourself through the process.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm glad, like I said, it took me a little bit uh, just to get through, get over myself, if you will, (laughs) and really shifting like, okay, this is very humbling. And this is like you said, it's not, it's not about me. Right. Uh, granted, granted, the opportunity was given to me, but it's really what can I do with this to make an impact on others? Because you and I are here to serve, right? We are here. Uh, yes, we're building a business. But really, ultimately, I know how you are, Jody, is very similar to how I am. Is about serving first, right? Uh, the business will build on its own, but it's really about serving first. And then the build the business builds on as it goes.
0: Yes, I I 100% agree that when that is the focus on who can I help, you know, who will benefit from what I have to give? How can I serve? Like everything just just falls into place. But when it becomes solely about like, well, how am I looking and what you know, as much as I love goals, if it's all about the goal, right? (laughs) It, It doesn't have any juice. Like, I am very, um, clear when I'm setting my goals. It's about what is this going to serve?
1: But Mm -hmm. I have,
0: I have another area I wanted to touch upon when you were kind of introducing the story behind it, because Mm -hmm. you talk about, um, traditional money advice. And then you went on to say it's it's not about that. It's about the mindset. So what I took from that is mm-hmm. the traditional money advice is more of like the how to do the budget, how to create the financial. Yes. Plan. Am I am I on track with that?
1: Absolutely, because really the traditional money advice, it just literally there's three things around it, save more, spend less and get out of debt. And it's really about how to do those things. <laughs> and we hear about how to do those things, but people are still getting stuck. It's just
0: like dieting though, too. We hear, you know, eat less, work out more and you'll lose weight, but we still have (laughs) a culture, right? That is largely overweight. Yes. I mean, logically, we all know what to do. That's not the problem
1: right okay. right and that's that's why with this book i wanted to focus on the other pieces because what i really realized in my money financial journey i got i had the budgeting down right there were some areas that were missing but i didn't know which i cover in the book i had those components but really in the scope of what i call i talk about in the book with, uh, about the money headquarters the traditional money advice that we think of budgeting the saving, investing, those type of things, getting out of debt, that is only really composes about 10% of our money headquarters. So when you think about you feeling stuck, when you think about I've been working so hard on our finances, and I'm not still I'm not seeing the fruit of our labor. It's not your fault. This is always that's talked about is the traditional money advice. But with money, just like with that it, with so many things, there's an emotional component. And that's we're not talking about that enough. And that's another piece that I cover in the book is the money mindset and our money stories, which really and how I see it. And again, this is a book that I wrote. So it is my my perspective for my journey. So it's my opinion. But really, that mindset piece and your money headquarters, which is it's about 60 percent of the whole picture. So think about it. We're only focusing on the 10% and we're wondering what's going wrong. But it's not because we're not intelligent. We're definitely intelligent. It's because we don't know what we don't know, right? And it's not talked about. And when we, especially in this country, in the United States, personal financial education, it's really not there, right? It's not, we're not taught, it's not taught in schools. So I feel we're behind the curve. And what we're teaching is, equated in the sense that it's missing a whole other component right so the mindset and some other actions in my book the mindset is uh, about 60 percent of the money headquarters and we talk i talk about money actions which is uh, like creating a dream budget which is talking money something that we don't do right and then the money skills which we are familiar with but there's some skills that we need to develop like negotiating those type of things um uh, so that's the focus of the book is what's missing, what I feel is missing. And I then the focus is just to help people fill in those gaps so they can get ahead. Right. So it's really designed to be more of a cheat book cheat sheet or I don't know how you would say a cheat book doesn't doesn't sound right. <laughs> but where if you're feeling stuck because each chapter has some action, uh, it has some worksheets. So if you're feeling stuck. You go through those worksheets that you already filled out, and it gives you a cheat sheet as to, okay, this, I'm feeling stuck. This is what I can do now in this area of my life.
0: Lola provides a modern approach to feminine care. Did you know that the FDA doesn't require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients in their feminine care products? So most of them don't major brands use a mix of synthetic ingredients in their products including rayon and polyester their feminine care products may also be treated with harsh chemical cleansing agents fragrances and dyes lola offers complete transparency about the ingredients found in their tampons pads and liners lola products are hundred percent organic cotton I've received a shipment and I loved it. If you know me, you know the subscription model works for me because it gives me one less thing I have to think about and plan for. The products were in a cute and modern little box and the inside cover read, this too shall pass and until it does, we're here for you. I laughed out loud when I opened the box. And for 40% off your first order, visit mylola.com and enter promo code LEAD40 when you subscribe. Now, you've mentioned a couple of the different areas that make up the money headquarters. What is the money headquarters, and what are the what are the different components of that? And and, and why is it important to know that in, in the scope of managing your, your finances?
1: So basically, your money headquarters is your hub for your money, in, in a sense. So if you think about a home, uh, or a house, I should say, Uh, When you build a house, you start with a foundation. Right. So the foundation is a very important house, uh, important piece of building a house, because if you don't have a strong foundation in that house, you're you know, that house is not going to really be steady. You're going to have issues with the house. Right. And then then you start building from there. Right. So piece by piece. And then so if you compare your money headquarters to like a house, the foundation foundation of your house is like your mindset. Right. So it's a very, very important component of the house to keep the house in a good standing in good standing and not shaky and without so many issues. Right. And then the next piece is the money actions. So the money actions can be talking money. Uh, can it can be. Um, creating a dream budget so the that's that would be the next piece of your 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 house where you build uh the walls if you will right so you create the foundation and i've never built a house so i'm just <laughs> there i'm sure i'm missing some pieces here like it's not the walls after after the foundation i'm sure there's other pieces but to give an example and uh then from there the last pieces are the bricks and the siding or whatever you choose from the exterior and that are the that's the last piece, which is the, what I call the money skills, which is 10% of your home. So yes, you, you would, it'd be good to have the, the bricks and the, and the roof and all that. But really the most important pieces are like the foundation of the house, right? Mm-hmm. So the money skills are the budgeting. But I also talk about self care, but that's actually one of um, the self care is uh, under the, the money mindset piece, because it's with taking care of yourself, it really um, affects how you feel and how, how and depending on how you feel, it affects the thoughts in your mind. Right. Yeah. So that's really the essence of the money headquarters It's your money hub. But it's not it's not that not, not just the budgeting, but the overall health, if you will, of your financial life.
0: Mm-hmm. And I love how the analogy kind of ties the money headquarters as a space that like takes care of you, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's nurturing. And, you know, and kind of as a side, cause I knew this was a part of the money headquarters as well, um, that you talked about on the call you did for those who did the tolerations detox challenge. Something came up and you didn't say it this way, but the way I remember it was in bottom line was failing to plan is planning to fail. And Mm -hmm. so what came up for me and for some other people, it's like, okay, it's not that we don't know like money coming in and we have a general sense of our finances. It was always like not planning for the unexpected. And that sounds crazy. Like how do you plan for the unexpected? But you, that was the thing that we talked about, those annual expenses Mm -hmm. that we forget are coming mm-hmm. up in May, right? And so mm-hmm. month over month, we're doing okay. And then all of a sudden in May, we're like, Oh, no, that's right. I have to register my car this <laughs> month, you know. And and those are typically the things that even though you're doing well, you're bringing in income, you're living a good lifestyle, you still can't get ahead. Because you, you know, this is actually just one of the things that will cause this. But that was a big one for me and for a couple other people as well.
1: Absolutely. Because that's another piece that is not talked about, because when when um, experts or when there's personal financial education and they teach you the how to on budgeting, right, they teach you uh, put in the different categories, housing and uh, food and the car and and utilities and all that. And all of that is fine because and I definitely a budget is necessary. And I not can talk about why some people don't think it is. But With the budgeting is just basically a plan for your money. But what is not taught is, like you mentioned, those pieces where, uh, the annual and annual bill or annual expense or any of those non-monthly expenses, you're taught to put them in the budget, right? Like, Mm -hmm. well, Come up with a monthly number. Sometimes you're not. You're just. They just said, "Well, just kind of estimate." And I always teach my clients, "Let's go through last year. Let's go through the process and figure out about how mo- how often did you go to get your haircut, let's say, and mm-hmm. and come up. And from there, we total up approximately how much in a year you spent in haircuts, let's say, and then c- come up with a monthly number. And some people may do that, but the what, the piece that they miss, and I talk about this in the book, is that. They put it in the budget, but your budget is either just a spreadsheet or it's just on a piece of paper or maybe it's a piece of software, but it's not talking to your bank, right? It's not, there's not integrated. I mean, I wish it were, but uh, we may get there someday, but it's not talking to your bank. So you have, you yourself have to take the action and separate that money, right? Because it might look great on paper or on your spreadsheet, but it's not doing anything for you unless you put that into action. So if you are, if you average about $50 a month on, and I'm making these numbers up on haircuts and, and, It's you don't do anything, you have to actually take that $50 and actually separate it out, put it aside, whether it's a cash envelope, whether in a different account, whatever it is that works for you. So therefore, when it's time to time comes to get the haircut, let's say you don't go every single month. I know I don't, but (laughs) probably need to go more often than I do. But then when it, con- when it comes time to get that haircut, you're gonna have that money. Because if you don't, the other side of this is you're going to break that cash flow. And what I mean by that is that you have, unless you're an entrepreneur, you have a consistent amount of income every month, right? And with entrepreneurs, it varies. And if you don't do that, what's gonna happen is you go get the haircut, even if let's just say it was just $50, I don't know, making these things up, then what happens is it interrupts the uh, the cash flow in terms of that's $50 you really didn't plan on. So that $50 was actually supposed, part of that $50 was supposed to go to another bill, right? So then you're wondering, oh, I'm $50 short, what am I going to do because I have this next bill to pay, right? And that's just one example. what If you do that multiple times, then you're trying to figure out how to, Fine. How am I supposed to make this bill happen and this bill happen? Right. Yeah. So that's that's where it's some of that planning that is not taught enough. Uh, I'm not saying it's not taught ever, but I don't see it enough because each time I work with clients, it's. I mean, pretty much what I see time and time again. That's one of the biggest mistakes I see.
0: They're like, oh, well, you'll be proud of me because I took all of my expenses from last year and I plugged it out into a projection for this Uh year. So everything is calculated. And I also added a category literally called the unexpected. I love it. (laughs) it's, It's a certain percentage because this is the thing. This would be the stuff that would trip me up. Like my computer blew up or Mm -hmm. I got a flat tire, or I needed to buy a car battery, right? It's not like the haircuts and the registration for the car. That would be just like, it would be me being a little bit irresponsible, right? I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about it, it. It didn't come to my awareness, but I, I could have, I could have mm-hmm. tracked it. Then there's this whole other category called life. <laughs> you know. And, but we do, if we want to get ahead financially, we have to consider that there are going to be some things that happen to us in the next year that mm-hmm. are going to be a little unexpected. So we need to plan for that. We need to calculate right. for that. We can't do it perfectly because it is the unexpected. But if you have some money set aside for the unexpected, when those things happen, you won't sitting there going, oh, well, does this mean I can't put into my retirement this month or right. do I have to take it out of savings or are we not going to be able to afford that vacation? That sort of thing. You will have something that will absorb it.
1: Absolutely. And this is another reason why people, when they say I'm living paycheck to paycheck, that this is one of the reasons, right? It's not planning fully those non-monthly expenses and then especially like in Christmas time going all out loud at Christmas and maybe you have the money then, but then uh- oh, we have this bill due, right <laughs> We didn't think about ahead of time, right? So it's really taking a little bit of planning and even if you feel like well, every month I feel the pinch, right Just even if you feel that fear that this not you don't have enough, do it anyway. like just take a look. It doesn't hurt to look and start some planning because then what happens, you're going to realize you're going to have the exact tangible number, right? So I wouldn't, if you let fear stop you in terms of not really knowing by how much, you shouldn't do that. You should find that tangible number and work with that, right? What is that tam- tangible number in terms of what you have left over or what tangible number you're have overspent by right so it's all about uh fine-tuning what that exact number is instead of just saying oh we don't have enough you have to know by how much right because if you know by how much or then you know what you have to do versus oh my gosh i'm in a a terrible financial situation it's not about being that but really knowing okay what do you have to work with so you can move forward
0: That has been so empowering for me and for some of the other women in the community who were like intimidated or afraid to look at the numbers, but once they did, they felt so empowered. Even I I shared on a podcast um, recently how somebody reached out to me because she was afraid to look at her credit report because she knew Mm -hmm. it was bad and she did. She finally did. And then she reached out to me. She's like, I did it. And she felt so good. She's like, I looked at the numbers. They were bad. Yes. However, the amount of money it was going to take to correct everything wasn't as much as I thought it was going to be. Right. It was like having that information empowers you. And for me, you mentioned how, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, it's a, it's a little more unpredictable. That is true. However, looking at my numbers, it did feel, make me feel like, okay, I have, I have a reasonable idea of what I can expect. And I can also see like where I got motivated and empowered. I was like, I need to do things a little bit differently. I need to do a little bit more marketing or I need to market differently and look at what's working, what's not working. So having that information I found to be so empowering.
1: Right. Because with having those tangible numbers, you'll find a solution. But if you don't, you're not going to be looking a solution because how can you look for a solution if you don't know where you need to get to? Right. You have to know where you need to get to. You have to have those tangible numbers to be able to ask yourself, okay, this is what I'm working with how we can, how can we solve this or how can we get to this point? Right. But you have to know where you stand at the current moment to do that. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, if there was something that you would want your readers to take away from your book, if it was like the one thing, like, this is what I got from Jen's book, what would that be?
1: Confidence, knowing that you can make it happen, no matter what your situation is at the moment, where you're feeling horrible about your situation, whether maybe you're just lacking confidence. I say just grab the confidence and run with it. Um, Just I think that's just such an important piece uh, of our financial lives Uh, without confidence. We're not going to be it's not to say that we're not going to be moving forward at all on our financial journey. But having that confidence, we're going to take more action. And we're going to take more action that matters, if you will, because we can take action, but sometimes the action that we need uh, it's not the action that we're taking. Right. So having that confidence, I just think is just so important. And that's one of the reasons I also wrote, wrote my book, too, is I want women to really grab that confidence and just know that they can do this. Right. Know that they're able to reach so many financial goals that they think is impossible at maybe at the current moment. But just grabbing that confidence and saying, I've got this, I can do this. That's really what I want uh, readers to take away from this book.
0: I love that because that's exactly what, obviously you can hear it in my voice and what I'm saying. That's exactly what I've been taking away from what you've shared in your book and what you've shared with the community. So that is absolutely spot on. And Jen, um, tell those who are listening, like where they can find you, where they can find your book so they can go grab it.
1: Sure. So for to find me, just simply go to genhemphill.com and to find my book, you can either go to jenhemphill.com forward slash book or just get on Amazon and on their search engine, uh search for her money matters.
0: Mm-hmm. And when I went on to Amazon, I think I entered like her money and boom, it was like right there. It started. Oh awesome. fantastic. So that's-, that's great to know. That is awesome. Jen, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire us, to enlighten us around our money. For sure. We are all better for having met you.
1: Well, thank you so much, Jody, for everything that you do as well, because what you do is your work that you do is fantastic. So I appreciate you having me on.
0: Before we go, I wanted to give a reminder for those of you who have read Accomplished, How to Go from Dreaming to Doing. There is a community just for you waiting at womentakingthelead.com forward slash community. The women who have joined the Accomplished community most recently have expressed how glad they were that they found this community. Find out more at womentakingthelead.com forward slash community.